I'm Dr. Mandy Weeks, and you're listening to the Behind the Brace podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing conversations and resources to help families and providers navigate the world of scoliosis. This is your place to find hope for a better solution so that you can live your best life. Hey everyone, welcome back. This week, we are talking about consequences of ignoring scoliosis. We're heading into June, which is Scoliosis Awareness Month. And so I want to be able to cover some very specific and important topics, talking about scoliosis and how that may or may not affect you or somebody in your family. So today, we're talking about the consequences of ignoring scoliosis. And That might actually be a little bit of a different perception than what you've had in the past because of how scoliosis has typically been or how scoliosis has typically been managed in the past. Um, Even in the last 10 to 20, 30 years, things have changed quite a bit. So some of the topics that I'm covering isn't necessarily ignoring it in its entirety as though you've been diagnosed with scoliosis and then you just choose to never do anything with it or Uh, receive follow-up care or things like that. Um, What that can mean is, is if you ignore scoliosis in the sense of even um, having a scoliosis that's more mild or moderate. And so if you have gone to a provider and you fall within that mild or moderate category, oftentimes what they say is, is that they continue to follow up with that scoliosis with x-rays and uh, evaluation. And as long as it doesn't go over, you know, those mid-20s, high 20 to 30 degrees, is that they just really don't do anything. They just watch it. Um, The problem with that is, is that that can actually cause quite a few struggles moving forward, depending on where you're at. And so I'll explain a couple of these. Um, I have some good examples that have just recently come into the clinic um, that maybe you might relate to. Um, So typically what I see or have seen in the past is, is that somebody comes into me and whether they're, you know, 15, 17, 20, or sometimes even in their 30s. Um, but more often lately, we've been having people come in like 15, between 17, 19 years old, and they knew that they had a scoliosis. And maybe they saw their primary care provider and never saw an orthopedic doctor or any specialist. Or maybe they even did see an orthopedic um, specialist that deals with this, but because their curve was lower, say in that 18 to 19 to 20 degree range, and it didn't necessarily progress, they didn't do anything as far as treatment. So a brace wasn't necessarily appropriate based off of their guidelines. And they may or may not have been recommended some soft tissue treatment, whether that's massage therapy or physical therapy but really no tools to address the curve in their spine. And so down the road, um, for example, just the last couple of cases is, you know, five, six, seven years down the road after they've learned about this curve, they're now having pain. They're having issues uh, doing sports, different athletic activities. Um, they might be having pain when they're on their feet. Like if if these people are now getting jobs, um, like one of the most recent ones is, you know, 16, 17 years old. They're just getting their first jobs. They're on their feet. And now they're having a lot of pain in their back. And when I sit down with them and talk to them about it, um, they know that they have a scoliosis, but they really weren't given any tools. Um, they didn't have any uh 
care surrounding any other providers. So they weren't seeing anybody like a physical therapist or a chiropractor or a massage therapist. Um, they just went on about normal life without any sort of intervention, um, if you will. And so part of that problem is, is that oftentimes what I see is that people come in and they're still struggling. They're still having discomfort. They're still having pain. They're still not able to do the things that they necessarily want to be able to do. And they've kind of just accepted that as this is how life is because I have this condition. But then when it gets to a point where they can't work or they can't do something and it's affecting them in a way that they aren't able to navigate around it. Now they come and they're not sure what to do. Um, unfortunately, what I've been finding is, is oftentimes the question I get is, is they ask, they're like, well, how long have you been doing this? And so, you know, this last week I, you know, I was talking to them and I said, well, you know, it's been about nine or 10 years and I can see them thinking and they said, well, so wait a minute, you were here when we found out about this and we never knew about you. We never knew that there were other options. And now seven years later, we're struggling with this and and things have not progressed per se in how big the degree of their curve is, but they've progressed in how it's affecting them on a daily basis and their ability to just go through life. Um, so some of the consequences that I'm talking about they're not necessarily even surgical consequences, um, as in, you know, sometimes we might have somebody that gets diagnosed with a scoliosis, they get their x-rays, it's a moderate curve, and they just simply don't um, follow up with that. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want to have to acknowledge that they have this condition that they need to manage. And so ignoring it that way can be really extremely dangerous because oftentimes when that curve progresses, they end up in a surgical range where now they're looking at a spinal surgery versus, you know, doing bracing or whatever else may have been recommended. And so that's a very obvious consequence of finding out that you have a condition that you need to manage and just completely ignoring it. Um, however, what I really want to hit on, especially this month, is is that there's consequences to um, ignoring or not um, being proactive with a scoliosis diagnosis at any range because that affects you and your body and your ability to do things that you'll want to be able to do in the future. Um, and sometimes those consequences may not be immediate. When I talk about the consequences, I'm not talking about in three months or six months. You know, sometimes it can be that quickly. Um, in more significant cases, I have seen that in a three-month period of time, not moving forward and, and choosing some form of treatment has really been detrimental where now they had a really progressive change um, and they ended up in a surgical condition at that rate. Um, but for most people, it's not that quick. For most people, if you're in that mild range, mild to moderate, it's typically over you know, any amount of years. Um, and if you're on like the lower end, sometimes even over five to seven years, and then all of a sudden, it's not necessarily the actual curvature, but it's how your body's functioning. Um, and so I want to talk just a little bit about that. So um, most of the time, People don't know necessarily that they're ignoring it. It's not a conscious decision that in their minds they know that they have a curve of 20 degrees and they just 
decide to ignore it. Most of the time, what that looks like is, is that they get their x-rays done. They have a couple of follow-ups. It's stable. And the, the doctors looking at that now have decided that it's not a condition that necessarily needs a brace from their perspective. It's not a condition that needs a surgical referral from their perspective. And so they don't give any other options. And so what I want to talk about are those options that you might not even be aware of because those options have the ability to increase your quality of life, to be able to prevent progression, to be able to give you correction of your spine, and to be able to increase the longevity of how you'll be able to function as an adult um, up even into your 50s and 60s if you take care of it in the way that you need to. Um, and so one of those things is, is uh, a traction device that we use in our office. It's very specific to the patient and their specific x-rays and presentation of what's going on with them. Um, there are some instances in which it's not necessarily appropriate um, to use. That doesn't happen necessarily very often, but every once in a while, we need to find a different way. Um, and when I say traction, almost every person's mind, even mine, it immediately goes to like some commercial of somebody laying on a table with a strap around their head and feet and the traction pulling them. Um, that's not the traction that I'm talking about. Basically, it looks like um, a foam yoga block. If you've ever seen um, like one of those little uh, blocks that that people use in, in gyms or a bolster or something like that, it's made out of foam and you lie it on the ground and position it specifically to your spine. And then you lie down in a very specific position. Um, and obviously, it's prescribed uh, to you based off of what your specific condition is. And then we train you on how to use that at home. And then we have the appropriate follow-up um, down the road. And so typically, that looks like usually... Um, starting anywhere from, you know, a three-month period of time where somebody is consistently doing those types of at-home um, traction protocols, and then we reassess. So that's usually an option for almost everyone that can be really helpful. What that does is, is it helps reduce the pressure on the nerves in your spine. It opens up that curve so that it'll help your discs be healthier. It'll help your nerves function better. It'll help prevent progression of that curve. And if done consistently in the right way, the way that it's prescribed, it actually shows that it will give correction of the spine in most cases. Um, and so that's something that's an option that I know unless somebody has either talked to another family that's worked with our office or somebody that does a similar technique, um, most people just don't know about that. They don't know that it's an option. Um, the medical community do they don't use this in their practices. They don't have the training on it or have it as an option. And so they don't even have the information to necessarily share with their patients. Um, so if you fall within that range where it's just kind of the wait and see, um, that's where I really encourage people to have conversations with other providers because we are oftentimes able to offer things that other offices aren't able to offer, even if you've been told that it's not bad enough to move on to a specialist. 
Um, so that's really the biggest piece of it is that we look at things through a different lens. We have different tools. We have different training. And we can really get ahead of it. And for for most patients, we see a really positive result. Um, so that's where when I'm talking about ignoring a scoliosis, I'm not talking about in the sense of you've blatantly disregarded the medical advice you've been given. I'm talking more about we haven't been proactive to get ahead of the curve and to be able to do things to help you offset that and correct that in a way that will help you as you get older and as you age. Um, Next week, I'm going to talk more specifically about this um, because this is a whole topic on itself. Um, But the different types of bracing are also a huge importance to be able to distinguish between the different options because oftentimes um, I'll see where patients aren't recommended a brace until they get to a certain point. And typically that's when your curve hits around that 30 degree range. And at that point, then you're offered a brace, which is most of the time what I have seen um, is more of a stabilization brace um, rather than a corrective brace. There have been some instances in which I've seen different braces that have made some correction to the spine, but typically it's only in a two-dimensional way and it doesn't address some of the other pieces of the spine. It's not a three-dimensional corrective um, application of the brace, um, at least from what I've seen in my area with patients that I've worked with. Um, and so there's just a few things regarding bracing and recommendations where it is very common that patients come into my office and they've been told that they don't fit the, the criteria for the braces that the medical community uses. Um, however, based on the presentation and the three-dimensional brace that I have access to in my office that is different than the other bracing. They actually are a candidate for bracing and we see amazing results because we're using it proactively in a way where we're actually getting correction and we're not waiting for the fire to start down the road. Um, So again, I'm going to talk specifically about that next week in depth about all of the situations. But um, this is where, you know, I wanted to touch on those three circumstances. You know, if, if you do find yourself in a place where you've been diagnosed with a scoliosis and you're overwhelmed or it's significant and you are facing some really hard decisions, I do just want to echo that ignoring it can be so detrimental and put you in a much harder position down the road. Um, Oftentimes, being able to connect with other providers and have additional conversations and to get second opinions helps to ease some of that anxiety about making decisions on how to manage it. So if you do find yourself in that category where you've really just stepped away and you've been ignoring whatever's going on in your spine and you haven't done anything about it or haven't had an assessment or haven't had an x-ray or haven't seen a provider in a long time, um, or just maybe haven't made decisions about the recommendations that you've been given, I really do encourage you. Um, it's a safe place. You can always contact the office. Um, I give recommendations, second opinions, and um, work with families often on just trying to navigate You know where they might feel the best route might be for them, um, just as an ear to discuss that. 
And so that's definitely a case where if you find yourself there, I please please reach out um, sooner rather than later. Um, if you find yourself in that more moderate to mild, um, same situation, you may not even be aware of what different options are available to you. And not that you're consciously ignoring it, but maybe you just don't know where to look or where to turn. And that's really important to be able to just acknowledge and just say, okay, I don't know what to do with this. We don't know what our options are. Um, it's really worth the investment of coming in and having a full assessment and having your x-rays reviewed and just going over different options that might be applicable to you, that might be able to help you, whether you're 15, 20, 30, 40 years old. There's always different options. Um, it's going to be different for everybody and what you specifically have going on, but we can really help you hone in and figure out what what's the top priority, what needs to be tackled first, and how do we build a team around that so that you can manage this in a way that gives you the best possibility of a positive outcome in the end. Um, so thanks for listening this week. I hope that you found the information helpful. Again, um, next month, we are kicking off the beginning of Scoliosis Awareness Month. And so if you know people that are looking for information, please share these podcasts with them. Um, we'll have some more coming up next week, specifically about bracing and the different applications that we have. Um, and we can't wait to talk to you about that. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you could leave a review before you go, that would help us reach more people that need this message. To learn more about the services and resources that we have available, visit us at BehindTheBrace.com. This show is produced by Rayma Team Media. To learn more about how they can help you with your podcast, visit RaymaTeam.com.